If I could have only one scripture passage for the rest of my life, it would probably be this paragraph from the first letter of John. The entirety of our faith, it seems to me, is in this passage, and the entirety of our faith can really be distilled in the simple phrase we hear here in this passage, God is love. God is love. Those three words changed my life. As some of you know, I grew up an Episcopalian in Salt Lake City, Utah, in an all-Mormon neighborhood where some of the Mormon families would not let their children play with us uh, because we were not Mormon. And to escape all that, our parents sent us to a Catholic high school where, because we weren't Catholic, uh, we had to go to Mass, but all the non-Catholics sort of had to sit together and attend Mass, but couldn't take communion, couldn't participate uh, in a lot of things. And in the course of that, during high school, I... Um, I just became quite disaffected by religion and really rejected my faith and rejected all forms of organized religion and, and uh, became a uh, pretty adamant atheist in a way that was probably a form of belief on its own. I was so, so fiercely believed there wasn't a God, but uh, became pretty adamant atheist. Over time in college, I mean, I, I became a religion major in college because my life had been so formed by religion, especially experiences of exclusion as a religious minority in uh, Salt Lake City. So I became a religion major, and I, I, at some point my atheism kind of transformed a little bit into agnosticism. And then in college, I took a class on the theologian Karl Rahner's theological writings about the concept his, the way he would reflect on the concept that God is love. And the way Karl Rahner wrote about God is love and that whole notion of God is love from our passage from 1 John this morning was truly transformative to me. And it, in many ways, I mean, it really brought me back to my faith and I believe ultimately to my becoming a priest that phrase, God is love, and what it means. Now, we just heard it. It's all right there in the Bible. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. The message of 1 John is that if we fear God and God's judgment, we fail to understand God's love, which intends only love and life for us. But in the mixed religious context in which I grew up, I had encountered a lot about fearing God and God's judgment and felt that that was what the churches were communicating more than God is love. And I rejected institutions that to me were capitalizing on fear and exclusion. 
Certainly this is not a new issue. John's letter to the church, which is in our scriptures, would not have been written if there hadn't been an issue in the community with people not loving each other or being focused on the fear of God's judgment and who would be saved and who would not. There's a hymn called There is a Wideness in God's Mercy. It's used more commonly in the Lutheran Church. And it has this line. For the love of God is broader than the measures of our mind. And the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. But we make this love too narrow by false limits of our own. I love that line. But we make God's love too narrow by the false limits of our own. Our presiding bishop in the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry, is very fond of saying, if it isn't about love, it isn't about God. And we have a banner in front of the church here at St. John's promoting racial justice and reconciliation with another quote from our presiding bishop. He said, Love is the mother of justice. Love is the father of equality. It's all about love. As the author of 1 John reminds us, we love because God first loved us. And Jesus is the revelation of God's love. But how do we learn the nature of love? How do we learn how to love? We can certainly have direct encounters with God. The author of the Odes of Solomon writes, For I should not have known how to love the Lord if he had not continuously loved me. We learn to love God by encountering God's love for us. And we can encounter God's love for us in Jesus. But someone must first introduce us to Jesus. That can happen in the church community or our family or through other people. Love comes from God, but we encounter it through people who love others as they have been loved by God. As 1 John says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is perfected in us. That happens when we love one another. We learn love, and we encounter God when we love others. Which, of course, means that others encounter God's love when we love them as God has loved us. 1 John is a call to love those whom God loves, all of God's children, and to love as God loves. It is a call 
to deeply love our neighbor and all people. For us to do this, it is helpful to reflect on how we have been loved. As we begin this merry, merry month of May at St. John's, when we honor women, merry mothers, girls, I invite you to spend some time today and throughout the month reflecting on these questions. What women in your life have taught you about love by how they loved you? What have they taught you? How have you encountered God's love through the women in your life? When we reflect on these things, we encounter the attributes of God because we are created in God's image. And it's always a good thing, and especially this month, for us to reflect on the role of women in teaching us love and encountering love from women in our lives. I've told this story before, but it feels relevant. I described a period in high school where I became a fairly adamant atheist. And it was a fairly dark time in my life. I, I was struggling a lot, and I went through a, a period where I was uh, very suicidal and deeply depressed. And I remember one day after a kind of epic fight with my mom, I stormed out of the house and got in my car intent to go drive off a cliff and die. I don't really know if I would have done it, but that was my intent. I was going to kill myself. And my mother, sensing what was happening, ran out of the house and ran to the car I was in, got down on the ground and wrapped her body around the front tire on the driver's side. So the only way I could move the car was to run over my mom. And we sat there like that, kind of yelling at each other. Uh, and she refused to let go of the tire unless I turned the car off and got out, which I did. It was a fierce act of love by my mother, and it changed me. God loves you that fiercely. <laughs>